Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And thank you for joining us here today on Agriculture of America, AOA. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and coming up on today's program, exciting lineup once again. We're going to talk with Matt Youngman, show manager for the Farm Progress Show. We are gearing up to be in Decatur, Illinois here this next week and looking forward to the show. We're going to get some final preparation thoughts from Matt coming up in segment four. In segment three today, we'll talk with Mary Thomas Hart from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Got a few different things that we are paying attention to, and we are going to talk with her about those coming up here in segment three today. We'll be looking at some EPA petitions. We'll also talk Prop 12, the EATS Act, WOTUS, and more. In segment two, we're going to hear from the president and CEO of the U.S. Apple Association, Jim Baer. He was on the program a few months ago. We're going to catch up with him on some of those issues he talked about and more. All that is on the way here today on AOA. Kicking things off, though, we want to take a look at what's going on in the market trade. It's been an interesting week as we battle hot weather across the Corn Belt. We watch crop tours. We watch what's going on around the world and more. Joining us now, Naomi Bloom with Total Farm Marketing. Naomi, great to have you back on AOA. How are you? I am doing super. Thanks for having me. Well, let's dive in and talk about what's going on in this market trade, Naomi. And uh, I mentioned it, uh, hot weather this week. I know a lot of folks are keeping their eye on how the crops are holding up across much of the Corn Belt. And, you know, really uh, here as we look at the market right now, feels kind of quiet. It's something that I think maybe as we get into next week and beyond and we see some of that heat subside, we maybe start to figure out just if any damage has been done to this crop and then maybe the markets uh, could feel some of that move in. What's your take on just the weather impacting the markets right now? Well, what we're hearing from producers is that the heat is definitely affecting things. It's going to, like you said, probably show up in a week or two. Uh, For some folks, they're saying the plants are shutting down. For some others, they're just saying, you know, it's finishing up the crop and, and it's kind of, in a sense, expected. So a lot of mixed feelings on it, uh, a lot of mixed um, thoughts in terms of what it's going to be doing overall for yields. I can say it's not going to help anything get any better, uh, but what we're going to want to see is what it does to take any further yield off. And the, the crop tour going out there, you know, it's mixed results, everything that they've seen, and that makes sense. That's what our producers told us all summer long. Everything looked a little bit different this summer, just depending if people got the rain or did not get the rain, and that is, I think, exactly what we're hearing on the crop tour. Um, now, one thing I wanted to point out with corn is that seasonally, that harvest low usually comes sometime between the last week of August and the first couple weeks of September. And looking at the past decade, the average rally for December corn futures from that harvest low into mid-October timeframe is about a 64 cent rally. So there's some potential there, but we're just waiting for signs of a bottoming signal, bottoming action. We've got option expiration tomorrow. I think that's weighing on the market as well. A lot of moving parts out there. Um, But again, you're right as far as the weather goes. Ultimately, it's going to most likely take more yield off the marketplace, off those crops, and what I'm really curious, too, about is how it's going to affect soybeans when all is said and done. 
Yeah, because soybeans have the tightest fundamentals of the three grains right now, Naomi, and that's been no secret here since the last uh, USDA report and seeing beans holding well uh, here above that 1350, 1360 level in in no beans right now. But again, a, a very tight balance sheet, little room for error in the soybean market right now, it seems like. Oh, you're so right. Those ending stocks for old crop are tight. The ending stocks for new crop are tight. And so if we get any, any indication that yield is less than what the USDA is talking about, that's going to just keep that soybean market price supported as we head into the end of the year. Uh, we've been talking with producers who normally sell those beans off the combine. You know, hey, if you're selling them, you might want to consider some re-ownership strategies. A lot of times, just like corn, those beans have a tendency to work higher once harvest begins and into the end of the year until we get to know a little bit more about the South American crop. So I, I think for, like you said, you know, soybeans, because the balance sheet is tight, that is the market that has the, the ability to continue to be the leader in this complex from now until year end. Naomi, the demand picture, though, still pretty ugly for U.S. commodities, and I know that's kind of the other side of the coin here. Looked like we had some net cancellations of old crop corn sales on Thursday morning's uh, export sales report. We did see that, and that is definitely weighing on the market price today. Corn down uh, nickel this morning because of it. But in a sense, you know, these corn exports have not been hot and heavy by any means. Part of that is these um and users and, and countries around the world are just buying as needed on the idea that U.S. corn carryout is going to be over 2 billion bushels. And so I think they're waiting also for a harvest low. But then I think you're going to see them step up to the plate here in a little bit. And we'll start to see the corn export marketplace pick up. But of course, corn has that competition from Brazil because their exports are plentiful. Their supply of corn is plentiful. And that's been weighing on our U.S. marketplace as well. But thankfully, the soybean export numbers and information is, it's decent. You know, it's overall, you know, we're going to be um, on target for USDA projections in general, and that should be supportive into the next year. But then, of course, as we look into the winter months, it's all going to be about South America and their weather between Brazil and Argentina. Uh, so just, I think, in general, you know, make sure that when you see bounces and rallies that you're making uh, cash sales on those opportunities and hedging opportunities uh, for the bigger picture, uh, because going into the end of 2023 into 2024, if it is deemed that the weather in South America is good enough, unfortunately, I think it just might weigh on U.S. prices as we begin the 2024 crop year. Naomi, as well, before we run out of time, I just want to touch on the livestock market. I feel like the heat this week has uh, had a bit of an impact to the market as uh, it's impacting feedlots on the cattle side and, and hog operations as well. What's your thoughts of the protein sector overall this week? Yep, front month contracts are well supported on that news, but we're also you know, starting to see uh, glimpses of demand maybe just uh, not as strong as they had been. You know, we think about the U.S. economy. I think that a lot of folks, parents, myself, your money and your focus is on back-to-school needs versus let me go buy some steak to feed my family. You've got other expenses that are at the forefront, and I think that's affecting the cattle market right now. Um, but cattle prices for the October-December contracts continue to just trade sideways. We're overall well-supported right now. 
Um, and the deferred contracts continue to have really fantastic support just because of the underlying fundamentals being so friendly. The, the cattle numbers are low. They're going to continue to be low. And that is ultimately supportive to that livestock complex. Naomi, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us here today on AOA. And we'll get you back on the program again real soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Naomi Bloom there with Total Farm Marketing joining us here today on the program. And you can find them online very easily, totalfarmmarketing.com. All right, coming up next here on the program, we're going to have a conversation with the president and CEO of the U.S. Apple Association, Jim Baer. He'll join us next as we continue with more AOA Agriculture of America right after this. As a farmer, I want a cooperative that's there for me. Not the other way around. A local co-op that works for me and works with CHS. To connect me with local experts I know and trust. And put a global network of markets and supply at my fingertips. A co-op that's here to help us. Own every day. When you're an owner of a local cooperative connected to CHS, you get local expertise, a proven efficient supply chain, and global market access. Learn more at cooperativeownership.com. Are you heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur? Stop by the Trelleborg booth on 10th Street and see Mike Pearson and me, Jesse Allen, broadcasting live. Learn about the HF1000 and features that minimize soil compaction. We will be broadcasting live from Trelleborg booth 1062 from 9 to 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from the Farm Progress Show. That's Trelleborg booth 1062 from 9 to 10 a.m. We'll see you in Decatur. At Bayer, we think farmers have made enough trade-offs. That's why we created VT4 Pro with RNAi technology, so you don't have to choose between yield potential or our widest spectrum of insect protection. You get both. And you're even protected against notorious pests like corn earworm and corn rootworm. Visit vt4pro.com to trade up without the trade-offs. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2023 Bayer Group. Always reserved. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Foreclosure protection services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, call foreclosure protection services now at 800-926-1701. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. Call foreclosure protection services now at 800-926-1701. That's 800-926-1701. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We We win. We, we, we We are are the the Foundation foundation Fighting Blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. 
Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. Information America's farmers and ranchers need. AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. And joining us now, pleased to have with us Jim Baer, the president and CEO for the U.S. Apple Association, as we get caught up on what's going on with the Apple industry. Jim, great to have you on uh, the program with us today. I hope you're doing well. I am, Jesse. Thanks for having me, and uh, howdy to all your listeners out there in farm country. It's great to be with you. Well, thanks for the time. And I know you were uh, on the show a few months ago talking about a, a few various issues that I want to get an update on and, and talk about here today. And let, let's start with one of those, uh, India's tariffs on U.S. apples. I know that was uh, an interesting talking point here. What's the latest with that? It sounds like that retaliatory tariff has been lifted potentially. Yeah, you know, it's kind of rare these days to have something great to celebrate in agriculture from a trade perspective. And, and that's a, a wonderful victory. And we're super pleased with the outcome. As you and I have discussed in the past, it has been um, um, a tough five years since the steel and aluminum tariffs were imposed by the previous president. And of course, those tariffs are not paid by the overseas countries. They're paid by U.S. citizens. And so when we imposed steel and aluminum tariffs on India. They retaliated with tariffs on some of our ag products, including apples. And so that those tariffs priced us out of the market. So while we were out of the market, uh, other countries like Iran and Turkey have swooped in to fill that vacuum. So now we've got to get back to the business of at least trying to make sales. But at the time, India was our number two market, was growing really fast. And uh, so it was particularly painful to lose that market. It, it cost our growers uh, more than $600 million in lost sales uh, since those tariffs went into effect. And $600 million might not be a lot uh, when it comes to Apple computers, but it's sure a whole heck of a lot when it comes to fresh apples. So we're glad to be able to celebrate a, a victory. And now our people just have to get back in there and make some sales. Yeah, and we're thinking about sales, I know harvest time is upon us here for apples in the U.S. And uh, a new report I know you guys released at your 128th annual Outlook conference here in the month of August. Uh, sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of apple production this year. 10.5 billion pounds expected here uh, for the 23-24 marketing year, Jim. Well, your listeners won't be surprised to learn that there's weather impacts somewhere every year. And that's sure. been true in, in some areas in the Northeast. We've had had some frost, late frost damage. And of course, when an apple tree has its blossoms frozen off, that's it for the year. So some growers have lost uh, much, if not all of their crop at other locations are expecting big crops. So it will be a, it will be a, a big crop and a high quality crop. And we're right in the middle of it already. It's a, uh, it, the harvest gets a little bit earlier every year, it seems like, but people are excited about it. Prices are strong, but as your listeners know, prices for inputs are up far more significantly than the cost of food, whether it's fertilizer or diesel fuel or freight or, or any of the other major inputs. And of course, you know, labor is our number one input and mm -hmm. those costs continue to escalate. The only 
way to legally use foreign-born labor uh, to pick the nation's fruits and vegetables is through what's called the H-2A visa program. It doesn't work very well. It's super expensive and very cumbersome. You have to tell multiple government agencies in the winter how many workers you're going to need and on what date. Well, you know, nobody, no farmer can tell anybody when exactly his crop is going to be ready to harvest or how many people he's going to need to harvest it. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, that's what we have to do. So we're working very hard to try to, uh, in coalition with other ag groups that are labor dependent, to try to revise that program, get some new laws on the books to make it better for agriculture. And that would include not just specialty commodities, but also for the first time, uh, dairy farmers and hog confinement operators and others that currently can't use the visa program. Um, well, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got we've gotten close. We've passed it twice in the House, but we have yet to get it passed through the Senate. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because ag labor is such an issue and not only in the apple industry and in the, you know, the fresh fruit industry as a whole vegetable industry, but just overall throughout agriculture, ag labor is such a such an issue. You brought up the H2A visa program and thinking about the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, as uh, you were uh, alluding to. I mean, you know, Jim, I know this is a, a bit of a heavy lift here, but what's some of the latest? Is this something that we might be able to get through this Congress? Is it something that could get put to, into the farm bill potentially here or a separate issue? I mean, what are you hearing when it comes to ag labor right now? Yeah, we, we had these conversations daily on Capitol Hill. And and to be honest, it, it's uh, a little frustrating. We hear a lot of members of Congress, both in the House and the Senate, and both parties will say, well, you know, we hear what you're saying. We understand that agriculture needs labor, whether it's picking apples or custom harvesters is another example. And uh, yeah, we, we sympathize with you. We know it needs to get fixed, but we don't want to do anything until the border gets secure. And we all support a secure border, but to hold American agriculture sort of hostage while a, a much more uh, political and hot issue gets addressed, we don't think that's fair to America's farmers. So we, we don't necessarily think that they should be connected in that way. But nonetheless, we continue to push as hard as we can. You know, Jesse, this year for the first time, the U.S. will import more food by value than it exports. And that's a, a big part of that is just the, the lack of, of labor. It's so expensive. And it's and uh, I talk to growers every year who say that they had to leave uh, $100,000, $200,000 worth or more of apples on the trees to rot because they couldn't get people to, to pick them. And I know, and, you know, you and I both come from farm backgrounds and mm -hmm. that's offensive to me. It should be offensive to anybody, even if you're a city person that cares about hunger. Uh, I hate the idea that the bounty of America's harvest goes unharvested because we can't get people to to pick it. But nonetheless, we're continuing to work with our uh, country cousins here in agriculture and other segments of agriculture. Uh, Congressman Dan Newhouse uh, of Washington State uh, continues to be a real champion in the House of Representatives on this issue. And uh, Michael Bennett of Colorado and my Crapo senators from Colorado and, and uh, Idaho, respectively, are kind of taking the lead in the Senate. So we have high hopes. You can't be in agriculture if you don't have optimism because you wouldn't you couldn't you couldn't do it if you didn't have an optimistic attitude. So that's the position we're taking. and We're going to keep pushing for it. 
Well, Jim, great thoughts. Before we let you go, before we run out of time, anything final uh, you want to share with us that's going on with the U.S. Apple industry right now? Well, we're uh, excited to get back in the business of, of exporting about a third of the crop, hopefully this year, worth about a billion dollars. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have a, a good harvest. So there'll be plenty of great, high quality apples for everybody. And uh, we'll look forward to continuing this conversation with you, Jesse, and your AOA listeners. Well, we will definitely look forward to continuing that conversation. Folks can learn more online, usapple.org. With that, the president and CEO for the U.S. Apple Association, Jim Baer. Thanks so much for joining us today on AOA. You bet, Jesse. Thanks. All right. Once again, great stuff there. Jim Baer, the president and CEO of the U.S. Apple Association. Learn more online about U.S. Apple. Just go to usapple.org. That's usapple.org. All right. Well, I'm getting excited. Coming up here in just a couple of days, the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. I've been going to Farm Progress now for quite a few years. It's uh, arguably my favorite show of the year. I'm hoping the heat holds off a little bit next week at Decatur, Illinois, but still looking forward to a great show uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, August 29th, 30th, and 31st. And we're going to be broadcasting AOA live each morning from 9 to 10 a.m. with our friends at Trelleborg. They're going to be in booth 1062. Again, that is booth 1062. And I'm really uh, excited to uh, catch up with the team there. Chris Neidert and folks, uh, just super people, very knowledgeable. You know, tires are just so important on your operation. It's something that maybe you forget about, don't think about sometimes until it's too late. And then you're having to fix a tire in the field during fall harvest time. Well, we're going to learn more about their HF 1000 and features that minimize soil compaction. And just, I know we're going to learn a lot over three days uh, with our friends at Trelleborg there at the farm progress show. So hopefully you can stop by, see us, Bring a cup of coffee in your hand, listen into the conversation. We'll be broadcasting live from 9 to 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois, with our friends at Trelleborg and Booth 1062. And also uh, going to be uh, joined by a good friend of ours, Mike Pearson, will be swinging by to be part of the conversation as well here on AOA. So looking forward to all that. It's going to be an exciting couple of days at the Farm Progress Show. Coming up next, we are going to talk about some uh, regulatory issues that are going on, some legal challenges that are impacting the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Mary Thomas Hart with the NCBA is going to join us next here as we continue with more AOA right after the break. When people look at your farm, they just see corn. But to you, it's a lot more than that. It's a college fund, your retirement plan, and it deserves trait protection that can stand up to heavy pressure threats like corn woodworm. SmartStacks Pro with RNAi technology is trusted on over 1 million acres to protect the things that mean more. Trade up at SmartStacksPro.com. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. Copyright 2023 Bayer Group. All rights reserved.
Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and medical expenses are covered. If you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over 60, call 24-7. 1-844-903-1744. Attorney Advertising. William Stephacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office, Grant, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. You're listening to AOA for the American Egg Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. Well, the grains are mixed this morning. Soybeans are up slightly. Corn and wheat are all down slightly. Livestock is mixed with feeders and hogs higher, while fats are seeing some slight negative pressure. Now, today is the fourth and final day of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour. Yesterday found many problem fields mingled in with some good fields and with the most problems in western Iowa. Now that's no surprise there. It's interesting to note that pro farmers said that sampled fields in Illinois do not represent the overall quality of the Illinois crop, which will likely come in higher than the tour results suggest when final numbers are released tomorrow. Now, the soybean balance sheet has the least margin for error. This week's observations tell us that the national soybean yield could go either way of USDA's current yield, but the weather pattern gives it a bias to the downside, depending on how it verifies. The national corn yield could erode a bit as well, but that will likely be overshadowed by even poorer demand. Chinese crushers have processed 2.18 million metric tons of soybeans last week. That's up 1% from the previous week and up 30% year-on-year. Yet imports do continue to far exceed weekly crush, with the surplus believed to be going into reserve facilities. Calendar year crush to date totals 59.05 million metric tons. That's up nearly 9% year-on-year, while soybean imports in the same period are up 15% year-on-year. The big question moving forward here is will these extra soybeans that have been imported above crush levels be released again via auction later this year to reduce China's need for U.S. soybeans? Now that will likely hinge on how the start of the South American growing season unfolds over the next 60 days or so. Stocks are higher this morning following a strong earnings report. The VIX is trading below 16, while the dollar index has rebounded and crude oil is off a couple of dimes. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. 
Hey, and welcome back to AOA as we continue our program here today. Want to catch up on some various issues that are impacting and have caught the attention of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Here to join us and discuss a few things, Chief Counsel for the NCBA, Mary Thomas Hart, is with us. Mary Thomas, great to talk with you again. I hope you're doing well. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's dive in. Uh, a few things, uh, one of which caught my eye. I, I know uh, some EPA petitions have uh, come out here, and this is an issue that NCBA is looking at. Can you just get us up to speed on exactly what these petitions were? I believe they were activist group petitions, weren't they? Great question. Yeah. So we've been following these petitions actually for quite a few years. The first was uh, dropped way back in January 2017, so during the Trump administration, actually. And it's a series of petitions from environmental and animal rights activist groups um, asking EPA to really um, increase the, the impact of the NPDES CAFO permit. So um, making some really significant changes to that CAFO permit that would really restrict access and, and the ability of farmers to uh, to comply with those permits and um, certainly make, make it a lot more burdensome for livestock producers across the country. I think, you know, we were really excited to see EPA deny all of those petitions in one fell swoop last week. Um, so I think, you know, a huge win for agricultural producers across the country. Well, and thinking about uh, a huge win like that, Mary Thomas, obviously uh, these are things that could really have an impact on on our ranchers across the country in one way or another. So to see a, a victory is always a good thing. Yes, always. Um, I think, you know, especially in this administration, I think, you know, not everything that's come from EPA has been a win, right? We've had some wins and some losses um, or some wins and some challenges. But this, I think, you know, really sends a message, should send a clear message to farmers and ranchers across the country that, you know, even though we may get some questionable policies from this EPA, um, they really are trying to look out for farmers and ranchers and trying to make sure um, that, that we can continue to preserve our livelihood. Well, a few other things I want to talk with you about. We've been hearing a lot about the EATS Act, and I know that this is a very divisive issue. I myself am trying my best to learn more about this issue. Can you tell us a little bit more about the EATS Act and, and what is NCBA's position on this? Of course. So the EATS Act is the product of, I would call it a, a pretty concerning decision that came down from the Supreme Court earlier this year. Um, and the decision was in the, the case National Pork Producers versus Ross, which concerned the Proposition 12 uh, state referendum from the state of California. That referendum and Proposition 12 bans the sale of pork from hogs raised in gestation crates. So the, the issue with that referendum is not only that California is trying to, you know, regulate the activities of, of agricultural producers, but that California doesn't have any large-scale pork production pork production in the state, right? So in passing that referendum, they're almost regulating nearly all out-of-state activity, right? So uh, the issue that I think the, the biggest issue for NCBA and for a lot of different groups is that California in passing this referendum 
is able to assert control over the activities of hog producers in Iowa and Minnesota and uh, Missouri and North Carolina, completely outside of their state borders. And so unfortunately, the Supreme Court sided with the state of California and said that the state of California had the, the right under the Constitution to create those types of policies that impacted producers um, in other states. So the EATS Act is an attempt to correct, I would say, that the impact of that very concerning decision. Um, and it does so in two ways. First, it prohibits a state from enforcing a policy or from enacting a policy that's going to create a new regulatory burden for out-of-state actors. And then in the case that a state does create a policy like that, it gives farmers a right to action so that if you have to spend, you know, thousands or millions of dollars to come into compliance with these new regulations, that mm -hmm. you can get some relief from that state. So um, certainly a, a twofold solution to this issue created by the National Pork Producers case and NCBA is, is certainly supportive of the EATS Act and any legislative efforts to um to, to fix the issue created by that Supreme Court decision. I know, again, as I mentioned earlier, a very divisive issue. Uh, it feels like folks who are against the EATS Act, Mary Thomas, very vocal, saying it it takes away states' rights, but you're saying that it, it's it's not that case, right? So I, I think that the, the NPP state, the NPPC case certainly brought this question to the Supreme Court of when when can states' rights go too far, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, certainly in rural America, we understand the value of states' rights, right? And like sure. local regulation of activities as opposed to federal regulation. But when can states' rights go so far that it actually becomes national policy? And following the national pork producer's decision, following the, you know, uh, affirmation that a policy like Prop 12 is constitutional, um, I think you run into a very slippery slope of the states across the country with the largest economy. So think California, Texas, Florida, and New York, creating policies within their states that are de facto national policies, right? Because California's economy is so big that if it passes a law or creates a new burden for any any business, any industry across the economy, um, in order to you know be able to sell a product in California, you're going to change your entire national supply chain because the the consumer base in California is just that large. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not really, I don't think it's it's a question of states' rights. It's a question of when states can or should become national policymakers. And I think that that's what we see with Proposition 12. I think that that's what the EATS Act is trying to combat. Well, we appreciate the insight on that. We're talking with Mary Thomas Hart, Chief Counsel for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Mary Thomas, WOTUS, another issue that I know you've been uh, working on, following closely. Obviously, we had the Supreme Court decision a few months ago in the Sackett versus EPA case. Where do we stand as far as WOTUS and an EPA rewrite or revision of that rule, whatever the case may be? Where do things stand with that right now? Great question, Jesse. And, and I do think it, it's important to really start back with the second decision that we got back in May 
a huge win coming out of the Supreme Court, a unanimous holding um, with all nine justices striking down the significant nexus test. Um, and in doing so, really striking down the Biden administration's WOTUS definition that was finalized earlier this year. Um, the EPA has signaled both to regulated stakeholders and to federal courts across the country that they are doing a rewrite of that definition and plan to have it finalized by September. So obviously we're, we're in the last couple weeks of August, um, haven't seen anything from EPA yet, but we are closely watching the agency um, to see when we get that revised definition. They have indicated um, that they believe they can comply with the Supreme Court's holding and sack it by making some, quote, surgical adjustments, unquote, mm -hmm. to their, to the Biden administration's WOTUS definition. That's yet to be seen if, if they can successfully do that. You know, I think NCBA is, is really happy with the Sackett decision. And if EPA's rule truly does comply with the Sackett decision, then we'll probably see a significant improvement in, you know, which features are considered WOTUS and, and a lot closer alignment with the intent of the Clean Water Act. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to prognosticate too much. I think, you know, we're definitely in a wait and see pattern um, and, and look forward to reading that rule when it drops. I was going to say any chatter at all on Capitol Hill timeline, what we could be seeing from EPA doesn't sound like that there really is much of a, a timeline at this point. Well, so the agency has committed to a couple federal district courts that it will have a, a revised rule by September. Um, okay. and they'll either need to go ahead and finalize that rule or ask for an extension with those federal courts. Um, so I think that that does give us some indication as far as timeline. Um, I assume that we'll have some version of a revised rule um, going into the fall. Um, and then obviously we'll kind of have to read through that rule and, and consider if, you know, there's a need to litigate or if it's finally a WOTUS definition that we can live with. We'll wait and see. Sounds like uh, potentially September is going to be a busy month there in Washington, D.C. between uh, the Farm Bill, Mary Thomas, and all those discussions on Capitol Hill and then possibly uh, an EPA WOTUS uh, revision. Sounds like it could be a busy few weeks ahead. It, it certainly is. Yeah. And and you mentioned the farm bill. I think that's what everyone's thinking about on Capitol yeah. Hill right now. But um, it doesn't mean that there's any shortage of issues happening um, within the federal agencies and, and the administration. Yeah, we're definitely keeping our eyes on things very, very closely. We have been talking today with the chief counsel for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Mary Thomas Hart. Mary Thomas, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for joining us here on AOA today, and uh, we will talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Jesse. And coming up here next on AOA, I'm getting excited to be at the Farm Progress Show next week in Decatur, Illinois. And we are going to have a conversation about the show and how things are uh, shaping up as we're just a couple of days away. Matt Youngman, the show manager for the Farm Progress Show, he's going to join us next here as we continue with more AOA Agriculture of America right after the break. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. 
a good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Every Tuesday, we'll be sitting around the table sponsored by CHS. Join us and learn how CHS creates the vital connections that empower agriculture, helping farmers and ranchers like you succeed. We'll hear from different voices from throughout the cooperative system, sharing stories about how good things happen when people work together. Join us around the table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the latest episode of The Monthly Grind with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We'll discuss the latest topics surrounding the corn industry, the relationships between corn and other parts of the agricultural supply chain, the newest initiatives and partnerships from NCGA's Market Development Action Team, and much more. That's the first Wednesday of every month for The Monthly Grind on AOA. It's a show you don't want to miss. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Did you know that pork is the world's most consumed meat? Pork comprises over one-third of all meat consumed. Pigs were domesticated over 9,000 years ago in 7,000 BC, and there are more than 180 species of pigs. Why pork? Well, it's not just because everybody loves bacon. Historically speaking, pork is a very easy meat to preserve via smoking, curing, or salting. Not only could it keep well before refrigeration, but it also tastes great under various preservation tactics and adaptable to a variety of flavors, spices, and dishes across different cultures and regions. There are twice as many pigs as there are people in Denmark. 
Did you also know that China is the world's lead pork producer? In 2020, they produced an impressive 41.13 million metric tons of the meat, which equates to almost 91 billion pounds. So the next time you dive into that plate of bacon, know that pork is the world's most consumed meat. These farm facts brought to you by the American Ag Network. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. Well, it's almost time for the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Coming up here just a few days away, August 29th through the 31st. And here to give us an update on final preparations for the Farm Progress Show, we welcome in Show manager, Matt Youngman, joining us once again here on AOA. Matt, great to talk with you, and it sounds like things are going well as we gear up for the show. Things are going well. It's been it's been plenty toasty warm here during setup, but uh, we'll take it because the forecast looks fantastic for the three days of the show, and the, the corn's drying. We got, we, we've got the first half dozen combines already out there shining up the machines as we speak. Well, and I'm glad to hear the forecast is looking fantastic because I, for one, don't want to deal with a heat index over 100 during the Farm Progress Show, and I don't think uh, you do or anyone else wants to either. So glad the forecast is looking good and glad things are progressing along. And I know a, a busy daily schedule, things like the um, the different show demonstrations of new equipment. You got the noon show with uh, our good friend Mike Pearson and Max Armstrong hosting that each day. There's a there's a lot on the uh, schedule for this year's show, Matt. There, there are, and and with the forecast the way it is and the condition of the corn, you know, I I can pretty confidently say we're going to get to do about everything. You know, we'll be we'll be rolling combines at eleven o'clock every day. And then tiling at noon and then tillage at two o'clock and, and we'll have ride and drives and autonomy demos going on all day long throughout the show. Uh, sprayer drones running and like you say, plenty of content on that hospitality building stage, uh, let alone all the pro- new products that are going to be unveiled at eight o'clock on Tuesday. Well, and that's the uh, fun thing as well. You you get to eight o'clock on Tuesday as things get going, and there are so many new products, uh, major companies from across the country and around the world that they kind of uh, pull back the uh, curtain, so to speak, and, and start to show off the that new equipment. They they really wait and keep it under uh, lock and key, so to speak, until the start of the show, don't they, Matt? Yeah, and we're just starting to get those phone calls. I just got a couple of them yesterday afternoon from companies that say, okay, we really don't want this to get out on social media before the show opens. So what can we do and when can we come in and, and what do you do after dark and how do we get this thing covered and a lot of those kind of conversations so that they, so that they literally get, you know, everybody wants to steal the show. And when you've got these giant 650-plus uh, horsepower toys to, to unveil, it takes a little bit of logistics work to, to make that surprise happen. 
It does take a, a lot of logistics, but I know you guys are great at that. Matt, you know, you've been doing this for many years now. What's your favorite aspect of the Farm Progress Show each and every year? Can you can you share that with us and tell? I, I'm sure there's many things. What can you pick a favorite? Maybe. I I the thing I like the most, and the reason that you keep doing something like this is because of the people. That's probably kind of a cop out answer, but you know, every day here in the show office, it's a little family reunion of, of these people that come together from around the country and around the globe to put this thing together. And it's that, that good friendly handshake and, and being able to say, glad to see you again and, 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 and looking forward to seeing you next year. And, and so it's the, it's the people that you get to work with in this industry. And it's this gathering of the whole ag industry and, and the celebration of the, of the business. So it, you know, that, that's, that's what I like the most is the people that I get to do this with. Well, that's, uh, I don't think that's a cop-out answer at all. I think that's a great answer. And the Farm Progress Show this year celebrating the 70th anniversary again. Coming up here uh, this next week in Decatur, Illinois, we're talking with show manager Matt Youngman. Matt, I know tickets, uh, folks can get those online, farmprogressshow.com. They can see the list of exhibitors. And, and I believe you guys also have an app that they can use to help navigate their way around the uh, the show, can't they? That's exactly right. The, the smartphone app is, is really handy. It's like having the map and the show program right there in, in your smartphone. And it, it works even if the cell phone towers get jammed. It still keeps working to help get you around the place. And, you know, the, the website is great. We just got the show program posted there under demos. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're filling that website with content. All of our uh, social media uh, channels are are full of content, a lot of a lot of cool things that we're getting to start to take pictures of and start to share out and get folks excited about their trip to the show. And it's going to be a great time, that is for sure. And we've talked about this before. Um, you know, tickets, parking, golf carts, the logistics to get in and out of the show. You guys always do a a great job with that, and it'll be the same as it has been in uh, previous years, as far as you know, getting into the show there in Decatur and and parking, et cetera, et cetera. You guys got a, a well-oiled machine there, Matt. It, we've been doing it since 2005. This is actually the tenth time that we've been through Decatur. And those first couple shows, there was some massaging of some of those things. But yeah, there, you know, it, it, it works. It works great. And it's great to have those couple traffic meetings through the year and everybody just kind of sits around the table and high fives and says, okay, let's do it all again the same. And, and those mechanical things, whether it's EMS or traffic or, um, you know, the, the health and safety, the fire department, they all, they all step up and, and do a great job of taking care of all these guests that we, we, we bring into central Illinois. Well, and it's a it's a great uh, job that you guys do, and it's uh, coming up here just a couple days away. Matt, real quick, we got about a minute. I want to make sure to give a plug for Husker Harvest Days as well. That's coming up in a few weeks in Grand Island, Nebraska. And, you know, on top of you guys getting ready for the Farm Progress Show, you're also getting ready for Husker Harvest Days. Yeah, that shows the tents are going up. The, the lots are staked out, Jason. Uh, Libby out there in Grand Island is doing a great job of, of keeping that going. We'll we'll wrap up things here in Decatur and uh, do a little bit of laundry and then head to right there Labor Day, head for Grand Island. Uh, that's September 12th, 13th, and 14th. And uh, yeah, if, if you haven't if you haven't been to that one, put that on your bucket list. The crops look great. Tons of livestock uh, activity, tools, demonstrations. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic uh, beef show. 
Uh, busy couple of weeks for you and the team there uh, putting on not only the Farm Progress show, but then Husker Harvest Days, as you mentioned, September 12th through the 14th in Grand Island, Nebraska. Folks can learn more about that, huskerharvestdays.com, and they can learn more about the Farm Progress show online, farmprogressshow.com. Matt, we'll look forward to seeing you next week in Decatur. We look forward to seeing you. Can't wait to be on with you. Yeah, we're going to have Matt on AOA with us as well that first day of the show. We look forward to it. That's Matt Youngman, show manager for the Farm Progress Show, coming up next week at Decatur, Illinois. We're out of time here on AOA today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tomorrow we'll talk with Brian Jennings for the American Coalition of Ethanol. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a fantastic rest of your day. When people look at your farm, they just see corn. But to you, it's a lot more than that. It's a college fund, your retirement plan, and it deserves trait protection that can stand up to heavy pressure threats like corn woodworm. SmartStacks Pro with RNAi technology is trusted on over 1 million acres to protect the things that mean more. Trade up at SmartStacksPro.com. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices. Copyright 2023 Bayer Group. All rights reserved. Are you heading to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur? Stop by the Trelleborg booth on 10th Street and see Mike Pearson and me, Jesse Allen, broadcasting live. Learn about the HF-1000 and features that minimize soil compaction. We will be broadcasting live from Trelleborg booth 1062 from 9 to 10 a.m. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from the Farm Progress Show. That's Trelleborg booth 1062 from 9 to 10 a.m. We'll see you in Decatur. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block. Maintained your health. 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. And in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.